0: Boston College desperately needed a win, and they started off sloppy, but Quentin Post put them on his big shoulders and pulled off a win. We'll get into all of that on today's show.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Boston College defeats Notre Dame 63-59, a big win after a couple tough losses for the Eagles. And of course, to talk BC basketball after a home game, we got Beacon Street Ball. Beak, how's it going?
1: It's going. You know, I'm in a much better mood than I would have been uh, if that was a loss. So, yeah, you know, I think... It was uh, an interesting game. I know we're going to get into it, but but I don't really know off the top, you know, what to make of it. I didn't think that they played well for really any stretch of that game, uh, but they came away with the victory, and that's what matters. Uh, I tweeted out after it's a survive and advance mode is sort of how I feel right now, where you know, sort of got to right the ship, and it may take a little while, but any win they can get between you know now and the end of January, I'll take. So that's that's my initial take.
0: Yeah, you had to go back. Like BC played, started off playing really poorly, and defensively again, it was like kind of the thing that we've been noticing where the you know Notre Dame, especially Marcus Burton, was lighting them up all over the place. And I saw your tweet that you had a. It, it was getting pretty dark there. Yeah. Where where you said I think the quote was, it "Looks like my February is going to um, open up quite a bit." Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what was going on at the beginning of that game? And did, did it look like at the beginning to me, like kind of to me, like was post hundred percent to start this or did you just, yeah. So I, they no he is definitely not hundred percent. So he, um,
1: food poisoning is, I, I guess what, you know, they sort of, I guess, think it was for, for him and a couple of the other guys who couldn't go on Saturday.
0: Please don't um, think it was
1: Chipotle again. Haven't, haven't no idea. <laughs> it was not, um, I won't, I won't throw the institution under the bus, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so him, Mighty, uh, Prince, all pretty under the weather. And uh, I think Post, it, it really showed um, getting his legs underneath him for the beginning of the game. But I, I thought he actually did a pretty good job defensively. He was bad on offense, just didn't have the legs to sort of get the ball to the rim, if so to speak. But the guards are just really, really struggling right now with any type of high ball screen. And and I thought Zachary did a pretty good job, given how he's defended the past five or six games, but Claude L. Harris, Prince of B, Mason Madsen, it didn't, uh, Donald Han Jr. especially, didn't matter. They were just getting torched on these high ball screens. And like you mentioned, Marcus Burton was getting everything he wanted. I, I don't know what Marcus Burton is listed at, but he's noticeably smaller than even Jaden Zachary. Um, and yet he was getting right into the middle of the lane and, and then had some space because, you know, I think they're trying to adjust a little bit. So Post and uh, McLaughlin were both staying home and, yeah, he was getting everything he wanted, and and BC just didn't have legs uh, scoring the ball on offense. Post had a lot of shots that were short. Um, Claudell Harris struggled to to find a rhythm. I I I don't. I think that's just an off day for him. I don't think there was anything there that you know uh, Micah Shrewsbury or Notre Dame did differently. But yeah, it was a it was a dark dark first half, and unfortunately, you know it's the way they've played in the first half for probably the majority of games this year. I, they had a really good first half against Vanderbilt. I thought they played pretty well in the first half against St. John's and then a couple of the other uh, cupcakes, but it's a trend that's, that's definitely concerning and a trend that, you know, Notre Dame's the bottom of the ACC. So they were able to figure it out and get the win, but it won't work long-term in the ACC. So, you know, I think you leave this game with more questions than answers. And, and, you know, if you're a BC fan, and you're happy. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad they got the win, but, yeah, it's it's puzzling right now the way this team is coming out uh to
0: start games yeah and you mentioned Claudel Harris let's talk about him for a while because and I and I don't like to to pile on a guy when he has when he has an off game but whew, that was an off game for Harris
1: yeah i I, I think was falling
0: <laughs> yeah no no nothing was falling I think he finished
1: one for 13. My, my issue um is less with him because I didn't think he took any bad shots right I, I thought most of his shots were shots that we've seen him take very consistently, you know, pretty much all season. And I thought he did a really good job, I think, understanding that he didn't have it. And so he only took three, three three three-point shots, which is, that's good awareness from from a guy, in my opinion. What I didn't love was that, you know, the coaching staff, uh, I think it was Earl calling, especially in the second half, he's calling a lot of the sets himself. Uh, But I think they went to him too many times. Zachary played really well um, Madsen was feeling it. Uh, you know, I thought he was doing a lot of good things in rhythm and yet they just kept going back to Harris, back to Harris, back to Harris. And and I I don't fault any guy. Listen, if they call your number, it's sort of his responsibility, in my opinion, to, to do with that, what you will. And so I, I had more of an issue with them continuing to go back to Harris. I think it, it falls into the trend of, you know, coach Grant and coach Grant's staff of maybe not having the best feel for, you know, rotations and who, who to sort of ride in terms of a hot hand. But again, it didn't end up mattering. I thought he did a pretty good job, um, staying engaged defensively given the the shooting performance, but yeah, it's, it's one of those games where, you know, that will probably go down and as his worst game of the
0: year and, you know, they got a win out of it. So you can't really complain too much. And, and, the end of the first half, BC's, you know, they were down as much as 12 in the first half. It yep. felt a lot bigger than that at different times, but it, again, the second time in a week, Mason Madsen hits a big three pointer at the end of the half. This was a buzzer beater. Yep. And you, you, you tweeted about it. You know, I, I agree. Like I I had him on our show last year and he seemed like such a genuine, nice guy. And, he got a lot of flack last year just for an off season. And then we find out that he was sick and everything, but to see him start to really find his, his rhythm and find his role on this, on this team has been really refreshing. And to see him have success like this has been kind of awesome. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I think, and I really do. I'm, I'm a Mason guy. um, I really am. And I, I think what he does for Boston college, I've written about this and I've, I've, you know, talked about this to you know people within the program. I think as a, as a heavily biased outstander, I I think what he does is really good. I think the perspective he brings to college athletes is really good, but I also think he's shown for the last, you know, really probably since, you know, the early part of December, really consistent play. If you look back here, I'm doing some fast math in my head, but he's averaging just under 10 points a game uh, over the past month and a half. And, And so that's a big jump from what we had seen last year, but I think he's shown that he, does a lot of things that that win basketball games you know I think he fights really hard on the rebounds I think he's very engaged defensively does a good job you know talking I know that's something that they have a big emphasis on calling out screens and whatnot but you know you look at a game like Saturday where you know BC was undermanned he got his first start of the year and I think he put up probably the J- Jaden Decker was very good but he was very good and then tonight you know he seems to make hoops when they need him the most they, they might not be you know <laughs> Hoops that are giving him the lead, but he does keep him in it, and I couldn't be happier for him. I, I really couldn't, and and I am glad to see his minutes sort of creeping back up. I think he's sort of surpassed Donald Han Jr. Uh, as the you know s- replacement for the two guard or three slot, and, and I like to see that. So I, I'm I'm glad he's getting rewarded, and I, I think good
0: things just happen when he's on the floor. All right, in a moment, we're going to go from the chaotic first half to a battle in the second half where BC and Notre Dame turns taking the lead, and it was the big guy for BC, Quinton Post, who took the game over at the end. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. you into the NFL playoffs, have you been watching all weekend? Saw some of those blowouts or the good game last night between the Lions and Rams. You may may have wanted to get some action on that, or you're thinking about next week. You can get into FanDuel, find those odds. They probably have them up already. Get in on there. You can get same-game parlays as well. Find the bets in the new Explore tab. It's so easy to use. And what, what I love most about FanDuel is you get paid instantly if you are going to withdraw your winnings. So take care of yourself and go over to FanDuel uh, slash locked on and make your first bet a lay, layup. The FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black, and I'm joined by Beacon Street Ball to talk about this game on Monday. Martin Luther King game. Fans were there. How was the you were there? How was the how was the uh attendance at this game? I thought it was good. I, I'll be interested
1: to see it. I actually was just trying to find it quickly in the background here, if uh if it's out there. I don't oh yeah, this here it is. Sixty uh six thousand three hundred and forty eight. So that's I think about sixty five, seventy percent full if my math is correct. I thought the energy was good. I thought um, you know, the students did a good job coming out. I, I had heard that they had really high expectations for student attendance just because first game back or first day back for students. Um, you know, no classes today, stuff like that. But I thought the students did a good job. I there was a surprising lack of Notre Dame fans in there, I think um you know bray being gone uh definitely sort of has their interest level down so i thought it was good i I think it's a good precursor for saturday i i they announced tonight that it's a sellout for that game does not surprise me at all carolina one they're really good and two they're really fun to watch uh so i'll be excited to see what the split is on saturday but i I thought the fans were good tonight and i I do think earl said this i saw a, a uh Quote of it in the press game that he, the fans were really good tonight. And I agree. I think they did a good job making more noise than they usually do. My biggest issue is that so many of the kids just sit on their hands. I mean, it's it's dead quiet and there'll be 5,000 people in there. So I thought they did a good job tonight and I do think it made a difference.
0: All right. So let's talk about the second half. Back and forth game. BC comes back. They take the lead. You know, Notre Dame, they don't give up. Talk about like the ebbs and flows of that second half because it seemed to go, I, I think there were like nine lead changes at one point, but. Um, give, give me your, give me your lowdown on, on how the second half uh, played out. Yeah. I mean, I,
1: I think they did a really good job and this is, you know, something that we've seen a lot this year where they'll close the final, let's say two to three minutes of the first half with a good amount of energy and they'll carry that over and, and quickly erase the deficit. So I thought they did a really good job, um, of that uh, with 13 minutes to go. It was a one point game. Um, and they had had a couple leads here and there, there before that, um, and then I, I thought Earl did a good job keeping uh, the lineup in there that sort of gave them a run, which was uh, Hand, Madsen, I believe he had McLaughlin, Chaz, Kelly, and Zachary, but that, I could be off on one of those. But I thought he did a good job riding that lineup, and that lineup's given him a lot of really good momentum. And what I like about that lineup, and I think you know, I'm going to guess the coaching staff feels the same way, is that those guys just have a lot of energy. It, and it's not so much that their legs are fresh, but they – Play very spirited, emotional basketball, which, when you are trying to make a run, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, helps out a lot or, or, or gives the guys who are starters a lift and that type of stuff. And, and so, yeah, they, I mean, they were able to get it all the way up to looks like five or six here. And I, I thought for, for a moment there that it was going to be a 10 or 15 point lead. And then, like we've seen a couple other times, most recently, the Syracuse game the starters will come back in and I know that they are in theory, the most talented five that BC has. I don't particularly agree with that, especially not right now, but um, yeah, or we'll go back to the starters and, and they just, it's not that they play poorly, but they just take a two to four possessions to sort of get back into the rhythm of being back in the game. And that's all it takes for opponents to, to
0: bring it right back to, like you said, a a back and forth game. So down the stretch though, you know, Jaden Zachary had probably top to bottom the best game of. of you know,
1: probably the year. Probably the of the season.
0: Yeah. Yep. But it was Quentin Post on the end. He had a, it was an eight zero run and then yep. he hit the big three-pointer at the end to win it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that one, I think long-term that's huge for, for Post who I think had lost some confidence in his ability to score at all three levels uh, in conference play. He's gotten off to a really slow start in conference play. I don't think he's necessarily played poorly. I just don't think he's scored at the, at the rate that he believes and the coaches believe that he's capable of. So from a confidence perspective, obviously huge. And then tonight, I mean, he's the reason they won that game. He, he, the call that Earl had there um, to sort of isolate post as though he was a guard on the uh, basically the bench side. If you were in the building, but it was beautiful. I mean, he Earl pretty much ran post as though he was a two guard and and just sort of isolate him on the wing and and Zachary found him and post knocked down the shot and that's that's a big time shot from anybody, let alone a seven footer who you have to you know respect his ability to sort of up fake and put the ball in the deck. So I thought that was a really good set. I tweeted it out. I thought it was one of the better sets that that BC has run all year and and you know it ended up being enough and that's what matters and that's how it should be, right? That's your if post is your best player, and I, I do believe that he is, even on off days, you know he's got to make plays that win games, and tonight he did, and it was all that mattered.
0: Yeah, and even down the stretch, the, right after he hit that three pointer, I mean, up to the end, Notre Dame was not out of that, and they nope. had that that play at the end where it, it, they were, you know, out of it. I think at this point, but you know, it just seemed like they were st- still able to get some plays off. They had that missed three pointer, was yep. Booth that was wide open. Yeah. Um, so this team, it's cardiac, cardiac Eagles here. Um,
1: yeah. I, I just to jump in there really quick. I, I thought the, the foul by Quentin post uh, when they were up four, and then he fouled, um, I don't know who exactly, I think it was maybe, I don't know who it was. Somebody read every fouled going, going to the rim that they just didn't need that foul. And, you know, I think that that unfortunately is just bad coaching. You got to tell the guys that they're okay. And really emphasized that you know a two is okay. I think post thought was, I don't I'm not gonna say he didn't know the score, but I think his thought was you know this is a guy coming downhill and and I got to challenge really hard and he did a really good job of that. But yeah, you don't need that foul. And then yeah, what you're talking about there, the the wide open three that you know he missed in the corner could have very easily you know changed everyone's tone tonight. But oh, like I said, you know to open a, a win is a win, and yep, the way that they've been playing for the last or really just this year, like in 2024, I'll, I'll take any win they can get.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially when you're, when you're play, you've lost two in a row, you've yep. been struggling, you've had guys out, you win any way you can. And you, you pick yourself up and you move on from that.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah. And, and I think again, like I, that's the whole way I currently feel is that survive in advance. I, I, I think right now it, you would, have to be taking crazy pills to think that this is an NCAA team, but I still think, you know, uh, yeah, one seed in the NIT is probably in the cards. The, the schedule does soften up here in the second half um, of ACC play. And, you know, I'll take, Fortunately, they got two more road games next week. I know nobody's happy about that internally. So, you know, maybe you can give Carolina a fight, you get some momentum and you
0: steal a couple next week on the road. and And we're all feeling a little bit better heading into February. All right. In our final segment, we're going to look ahead to the game against Carolina, talk about any other things going on in Beak's world of college basketball and anything else that we want to talk about. If you have things in the comments, please throw them up. We'd love to uh, talk about that as well. So we'll be back in just a moment. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. This is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or one of my kids got sick with a supply chain issue, keep keeping them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could help happen to any of us. Visit JaceMedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black, and we're wrapping things up here with Beacon Street Ball. Just before we get into our final segment, it was a... Sluggish weekend. Weekend for BC Sports. We had a very, very good uh, opening uh, game against Providence. BC Hockey smoked the Friars seven to one, but then fell on Saturday. Of course, we had BC losing to Clemson. BC Women's—they um, actually BC Women's had a good game too. So we're now heading ahead to it's a nice week off for this team, especially with the three guys that are coming off of stomach illness. It's nice to get a, a, a you know a couple days off of rest. UNC's coming in. What does BC have to do to win this game?
1: Yeah, I I uh, I honestly don't know how I didn't realize this. I usually like when I go in and look at the ACC schedule, I I look at who teams have like directly before um and directly after BC and and I I must have just missed because Carolina's got Louisville on I think it's Wednesday night, but you know, they're coming off a 36-point win over Syracuse, in which I, I watched the condensed highlights um, yesterday, and I couldn't believe it. I mean, they it, it was some of the most succinct offense I've ever seen at the collegiate level. And you would have to assume that they will be humming going into Louisville and humming coming out of Louisville. So, that being said, I, I don't think you could get any team, let alone a, a top-five team in the country, at a worse time than BC will get them. However, BC should be extremely motivated. I think internally, there's a feeling that at full strength, they could have handled Clemson. I think there is a feeling internally still that the um, games that were played in Kansas city. So, uh, you know, Colorado state and Loyola were not a true representation of the talent of this team. And, and you get Carolina in a game that will not only be sold out, but also be very um, I think well-watched because of the, way carolina has been playing and and I think BC views it as a big time opportunity and they should. However, you know, I, I don't see a way in which BC stops carolina. I, and that's that's what's concerning. I if BC may have a chance and I could be dead wrong, but I don't see carolina struggling to get to 80 and and it wouldn't shock me if they get to 90. And that means BC's got to play the offensive game they played against St. John's, the offensive game they played against Vanderbilt. And it's been over a month since either of those games have happened. And you could make an argument they played pretty well in the second half of some of the cupcake games, but, and they played pretty well in the second half of Georgia tech, but they haven't played a complete offensive game in, you know, five, six weeks. And I I just don't see enough offensive firepower to keep up. And it's, no one stopped Carolina all year, so so they BC shouldn't feel too bad if they can't stop Carolina. But, yeah, I I envision a very fast-paced, high-scoring affair that could potentially get ugly.
0: All right. We have one question out there. <laughs> so Deidre says, uh, what if all our best players have their best games? We haven't had a game where we have all played well yet. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, that obviously is, is the dream. Uh, you know, I, I, Deirdre, I consider a friend. So, you know, she and I have talked about this, uh, you know, at length and, and I, uh, I feel the same way. We, there has not been a game in which, you know, Claudel, Jane Zachary, and, and Quinton Post have all played up to their full potential. And, and I think Zachary's playing his best basketball of the year. Claudell has played very well for, you know, a month and a half saved tonight. And, and post, I think, the his little personal run there to end the game should be a good confidence boost. But I, I, I don't worry so much about the offense as I do about the defense. I just – I really don't see the way Carolina runs the high ball screen with Baycott and, and the way in which they sort of zip it around to whether it be Cormac Ryan. RJ Davis, uh, you know, Elliot Cadeau, and it doesn't really matter who it is, right? They, they're just the ball moves. It, it's honestly, if you're a basketball fanatic, it, it's when they're on, it's, it's beautiful offense. Um, and I've watched a fair amount of Carolina basketball this year. So yeah, I just, I worry about the ability to stay in front of these guards and I don't worry about Bay Cup, but I do worry about, you know, the ability to stay in front of the guards and, and things not to
0: get out of hand, uh,
1: before BC can, uh, you know, find its rhythm like they have so many times this year. All
0: right, beak, This is great having you on again. And it felt good this being a win. I was watching this going, God, are we gonna have to go on and talk about a loss? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, for, you know-
1: listen, it, it would have been it would have been dangerous. I I was as I I wrote this in my write up, but you know, it, it was for me it, it that game on Saturday, I woke up at like 4 30 a.m. to fly down to Clemson and when I got word uh, that post was not going to be able to go, I, I seriously debated just like, you know, heading out and, and turning it around, but they put up a good fight. And, you know, it feels good to get back in the wind column. I'm, I'm very hopeful. You know, I, I wrote this to it in, in on uh, Eagle Insider there, but, you know, I'm hopeful they can, you know, somehow win three out of four here. So I got one tonight and, you know, I don't expect to beat Carolina, but I like our chances against Virginia tech and then get Notre Dame again. about 12 days so i'm hopeful but we'll see how it plays out and uh you know see what happens all right beak so where can people
0: find you and uh find your work
1: yeah definitely so uh twitter just at beacon street ball uh or at beacon st ball or search beacon street ball and then write-ups after the game uh over on eagle insider we try to do spaces uh which is a live audio show on Twitter after road games, uh, which I just kind of keep doing that all year. So yeah, appreciate everybody tuning in and, and reading and commenting. I, I love talking ball. So if you comment or, or tweet at me, I'll, I'll do my best to get back to you, but yeah, good fan energy tonight. And I appreciate everybody for showing up.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Beak. This is AJ black. Follow me on AJ black two four seven on Twitter and on Eagle insider. We'll be back again later uh, tomorrow with more uh, BC football talk and talk about anything going on with BC sports. We'll have everything here. Make sure you subscribe to Locked on BC for free, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We're the only daily Boston College podcast, and we would love to have you as part of our audience. Thank you so much. We'll see you all again soon. For Beak, this is AJ Black. Take care for Locked on Boston College, your team, every day.